It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and a huge welcome to this week's episode of Gina Gardner and Friends. I'm joined today by Andrew Pancholi. We've known each other. We were discussing this before the show. We can't remember. Think about 2008, when we both met um, through Anthony Robbins. Now, Andrew is an amazing man. He is the creator of the Market Trading Report and co-author of the bestseller Zero Hour. He has had a very interesting career. And today he's going to talk with me about how patterns have the power to significantly um, influence your life for the better or not on a grand scale and also on a personal scale. So, Andrew, I'm really thrilled to be able to in, uh, welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Gina. It's a real honour and pleasure to be here with you. Now, I know that one of the things that you do is to study patterns and you work within the financial market, for example. But I want you to explain to us how you think that understanding these patterns is so important and give us some examples of how these patterns actually work. Yeah, sure. So uh, I think the whole idea of knowing how history repeats, you might have heard the phrase history repeats, or if it doesn't repeat, it certainly rhymes. There are set patterns that are out there that do uh, tend to repeat. And I think they're based on human behavior and human behavior patterns. The idea is that if you have an understanding of how these patterns unfold, then you have more control of your life and therefore a better quality of life and a, certainly a better emotional quality. And I think a good example of this is let's jump back to this this last uh, 12 months where geopolitically we have seen uh, intervention in Ukraine and, um, and that escalated all the way through to October um, this year where there was a huge nuclear threat. I mean, obviously, the situation is still ongoing. But if we go back 60 years to 1962, so you know this is a very precise 60-year pattern. And, that, and 60 years, by the way, typically represents three generations of 20 years 
you know, or two 30-year patterns. But go back and we see the Cuban Missile Crisis. And that really was all about the East and West coming to uh, a massive standoff up to the edge of Armageddon, as it was. It was seen then, you know, talking to my folks, they were, you know, acutely aware. They actually thought they could die at any time. And that was because America and Russia, um, Eisenhower, uh, Khrushchev, Kennedy, all the, you know, the work of Eisenhower, then taken over by Kennedy, that came to a head. And Russia, you know, America was placing missiles in Turkey, Jupiter missiles there. And Russia, Khrushchev was sending missiles to, to Cuba, which were now within easy reach of America. So this escalated and escalated. And of course, everybody had a lot of nuclear weapons then. So you can see that. And of course, you mentioned that um, I write the market timing report. And one of the things is these patterns repeat. And the the the, the pattern for the 1962 stock market for the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones has been pretty much exactly the same as what we've seen this year, contrary to what popular sentiment has been. And I use this example, A, because we study it a lot here. But the idea is that people kept talking about the markets collapsing and collapsing, and they didn't collapse. They've certainly gone down. And, and that's because sentiment got to an extreme. So sentiment is this emotion that people are very bearish or very bullish, very negative or very positive. And this sentiment takes over your life. So it's about your personal emotions, not just markets, but markets are basically a sum of emotions. So you can see that if we go back 60 years you know, we can see a repetition of the type of energy we've seen in the world in um, in geopolitics. We see it in the financial markets. And of course, things are slightly tighter. You know, we're seeing price of energy go up and uh, not, you know, the price of foodstuffs go up, inflation, very similar. But that was 60 years ago. If we take the half point, which is 30 years, we see some incredibly interesting things because Christmas 1991 was when the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, broke up. And so you can see 60 years ago, we got, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis, an escalation of tension. Then we see the uh, end of the Soviet Union, as we know it, and the, the creation of these new states 30 years later. And then 30 years on from that, of course, Ukraine was one of these states that was effectively created 30 years ago. And of course, that's where the tensions lie, uh, between you know between the intervention of East versus West or Russia versus uh, America to uh, and the Western powers. So you do see this, and then you know we can take that back a further cycle. Um, you know, you know, it, it, we're really talking here about capitalism versus communism, and it used to be, you know, fascism and so on. Because you go all the way back to another thirty years from sixty-two to to nineteen thirty-two, and we saw. Um, Adolf Hitler became Chancellor, replacing Hindenburg, who was deemed to have been running a, a weak um, nation, you know, after Germany had been um, hit on with the extreme reparations from the Great War, the First World War. So there was economic strife in, in 1932, especially for the Germans, their, their currency, the Deutschmark had been considerably devalued. They went through hyperinflation in the Weimar Republic, etc., They'd had a tough time. So it was all about making a stand, you know, about unity. And the same was what happened in 62. Each nation's making a stand, creating a big standoff. You know, <clears throat> 91, 92, not so much a stand, but kind of the end of a regime that was seen possibly not, you know, that wasn't going to continue. And here we are again. You know, we see Putin is making a stand against what's going on, 
you know, in Ukraine and what, you know, the, whether the West reneged on agreements or, you know, whether Putin is, uh, you know, c- continuing to uh, operate uh, an imperialistic policy. You know, there's two sides to every argument. So that's a very straightforward 30 year pattern, Gina. Does that kind of give you the overview? Well, certainly, uh, you know, we've spoken before a number of times about how these patterns repeat themselves. And I find it quite interesting that, you know, when you look back over those patterns, with hindsight, they're very clear. Yes. But people don't see them in the moment, and they certainly don't see them looking forward. One of the things that strikes me is that we never seem to learn that people are making the same human mistakes time and time again. The stakes are different. The circumstances may be different, but actually the outcome um, is pretty similar. So that's exactly it. So what happens, you know, as we move into more and more modern, advanced societies in inverted commas, what we see is that people are actually more sidetracked. You know, I didn't have an iPhone 30 years ago. Nobody had an iPhone 30 years ago. I didn't have messages pinging. People couldn't contact me. And uh, even when I first met you, I think I had to use a dial-up phone to speak to you, you know, um, Gina. We were pretty close to that point. You did that, or you wrote a letter. That those were your choices. Absolutely, you? yes. And if it was it. really important, you sent a telegram. That's right. That's right. You had to dash to the post office and get a telegram sent. Oh and my goodness, it, that makes me feel very old. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you there. So I think really the key point really is that you know that um, there is so much information and there is so much noise. And people either, you know, do anything to avoid pain or move towards pleasure. And they're quite easily distracted. You know, the latest generations are more into instant gratification than maybe we would have been. You know, we we tended to work, have to work to earn things. So there's so much noise. So people don't really see what's going on around them. That's the key point. So therefore, you don't necessarily notice these patterns. So I've already explained this 30-year pattern, but <clears throat> what's the logical thing from here? 2022 plus 30 years, 2052, okay? So if you're one of the younger people listening here, mark that in your diaries. You'll see some degree of conflict then without a shadow of a doubt. That's it. So if you know that's coming up in 2052, I know this sounds a little bit sort of uh, implausible given where we are, but um, the, uh, the idea is that you can be prepared for this and – and it's the same. There are a lot of shorter cycles as well. Um, and, and there are so, these same cycles we can break down and see how they impact our own worlds as well. We're going to have to leave it there to go for a short break. When we come back, I want to bring this into a much more human scale in terms of the patterns that happen within people's lives as the time scales for those patterns. So don't go away. We're going to be talking about things like the seven year itch. So we'll see you in just a moment. Meet Rajat. He started his class's WhatsApp group and became super popular. Yeah, I was always popular, huh? Timetable changes. Celebrating class cancellations. Rehearsal updates. Sharing notes. Farewells. Crying over surprise tests. Everything happens on the group. Rajat may be the admin, but he's never really had to act like one. Except today. Are you really sure that this is true? No, man. It was a forward, so I know. Rajat patiently explained that such messages could create tension and turn people against each other. 
I mean, it's dangerous. Please don't do this again, yeah. Or else I'll have to remove you from the group. Come, let's go get some dosa. And then Come. it was time for the college fest, yeah. Be like Rajat. Share joy, not rumors. Hello there. My name's Gina Gardner, and I'm the host of Gina Gardner and Friends. I know you're all incredibly busy, and I know that there's so many calls upon your purse or your wallet at the moment. But I'm here to ask for your help. Help for a charity called Mom Plus Me that are supporting children, many of whom are orphans and disabled, and families that have been dispossessed by the war in Ukraine, which has now been going on for a year. They need your help desperately. There's no electricity, and so things are incredibly difficult. So please help by making a donation to justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash mom plus me that's justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash mom m-o-m plus p-l-u-s me m-e thanks very much you can make such a difference welcome back thank you Before the break, Andrew and I were talking, uh, or Andrew, I was list- was te- teaching us about the 60 and the 30 year cycle at a geopolitical level. But I want to bring it down to a personal level. Um, you know, people talk of, about the seven year itch. It's a bit of a joke, really, that, you know, marriages often seem to go through a, a challenging part after seven years. Um, so, What's going on with that cycle and how can knowing about the cycle turn it into a, something negative, into something that's actually a positive opportunity? Yes, this, this is a great question, uh, Gina. So we can use this cycle to empower ourselves because, we, as we mentioned in the last segment, people don't necessarily know where they are. There's so much noise around them. So let, let's take a look at this idea, this seven-year itch. It's around about seven and a half years. And... Um, I'll bring this all together at the end. I think you'll find it's quite interesting. But the idea is that seven years after anything starts, there tends to be a point of there seems to be a crossroads, I think, is the best way of putting it. But let's let's simplify it right down before we go into look at relationships, careers and and personal lives. Let's look at a child who's born. And, you know, if you take that child from birth all the way through to the age of seven, seven and a half, they're very much dependent on the mother you know that's it it's the mother that brings them up the parents that bring them up they are attached to the adults then the child gets a you know degree of um uh, um ever speeding up education you know the ability to reason looking for freedom rebellion and that takes them up to say 14 to 15 which is puberty basically you know they're, they're now leaving childhood and becoming a very young adult and then the next stage is where they go out into the world. You know, our educational systems tend to sort of take us up to um, the age of 16, 18, 21, whatever. And that at the age of 20. So the next sort of seven year age takes you to around about 22, 22 and a half. And now you're fully educated and you're ready to go out into the world, you know. And then the next seven and a half year age is um, takes you up to around about the age of 30. Okay. So that's the point where you're settled. You know, you've got a degree of mastery in your life. And if things aren't working there, you begin another 30 year cycle because four times seven and a half is 30 years. 
So do you see that's what I wanted to draw all this together, how the 30-year cycle is actually split or uh, into four segments of seven and a half years, and they're very approximate. So what does that mean? You know, let, let me put this into another analogy. You know, say, um, say you're not feeling so well and you want to find find a doctor. Um, you're not going to go to somebody, you know, I, I, as one of the things I do is teach traders. And, you know, people think they can buy a book on trading and become successful traders the next day, but it's a profession. So as I mentioned, you don't want to go and see a doctor who happened to pick up a book on anatomy yesterday, you know, and, and has been in the business for a day. You want them ideally to have gone through seven years of medical school, which means sitting down at university, learning the theory and then putting it into practice under supervision. That's the first seven years of their training. Then they qualify and they go into a hospital and they learn the particular specialities or general practice. And then after 14 to 15 years, they get mastery. And then in Britain, we'd say they become a consultant or something like that. And they they further research. They, you know, they become masters. And then, then the next sort of seven and a half years up to the age of 30, they, they, they become the people, the real experts who pay this forward and teach the next generation. So this is the whole thing. So what, how do we use this ourselves? So we can use it in any aspect of our life. Typically, if we started uh, a relationship, there will be some turning point, crossroads, around about seven to eight years in. It might be the relationship's not working and it might be time to move on. Or it might be time to take that relationship to the next level. Or it might be the time the relationship has kids or, you know, you, you move geographically. You know, equally, you might be living in a certain town or area and you'll get the opportunity to move. And sometimes, you know, it might feel, well, actually, it might be easier to stay here. It might be uncomfortable. But the idea is these things will come in. And this is the same with work. As I talked about doctors in whatever your professional job is, there might be opportunities there as well. So the idea is that you can mark these, you know, a little bit of homework for anybody that's interested, write down the dates that you started your important relationship, you started work, you moved to the town or you started a project, might be a pet charity project. And you will see where these seven year cycles come into them and you can then be prepared for what might lie ahead. So suddenly it's not, you know, you might your boss might say, oh, we're restructuring the business. We're not sure where you fit in or you're structuring the business. You have a promotion or whatever. You're actually prepared for something potentially there. And if you're prepared, you've probably thought it too, thought it out. Uh, you know, so what we're really saying is that you're now back in control. You're not at the uh, whim of an email that might arrive or a phone call that might arrive or, you know, or something. You're actually in a position to think it through on a more rational uh uh, um, objective basis rather than getting a subjective shock. So it's about empowerment. If you understand where these things come in, you are personally empowered. If you are not understanding, if you are just going with the flow, then you you know as you can become a victim to this. So the choice is yours. Do you know? Do you want to be empowered, having the best life you could possibly have? and fully equipped to deal with the challenges that lie ahead? Or are you going to be the victim that just reacts to whatever comes up? I think, you know, that's a really important point. So many people go through life sleepwalking. Yes. You know, the research shows, um, I've spoken about this many times on this show, that 95% of the time, 95% of people are thinking unconsciously. It doesn't cross their conscious mind. And therefore they're not really 
in a position to make informed choices. Awareness is the first rung of the ladder, if you like, and being aware in and of itself is good, but it doesn't make anything different unless you start to behave differently. So awareness first, you think differently, you feel different, you behave differently, you talk differently. And I think for me, I'd like to take the pattern, the cycles down to that very, very immediate personal situation where you become aware of the patterns of your language, the patterns of your thinking, of your beliefs, and the impact that that has not only on your life, but the life of people around you. And when you start to be aware of these seemingly insignificant patterns, then you can take radical responsibility for your life and the quality of your life. And there is a qualitative change then to how life is for you and for those around you. We've got to go for a short break now, but when we come back, I'd like to talk you uh, to share with us, you know, perhaps some other examples of how knowing there are patterns in the first place and what those patterns are can translate into people's everyday life to help them prepare. Because you've already said that if you're prepared, you can change what would otherwise be a challenge into an opportunity. So please don't go away. We'll be back after a short break. When the forgotten poor are suffering and in need of healing, they wait for a ship unlike any other. Mercy Ships, the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. Heroes of mercy like these. Every human being has the right to be treated as human, to have a place at the table of the human race. If you could just see the look in that patient's eyes or the smiles that you get when lives have been changed, then it would make it all worth it. We bring hope and healing to one person, but that person belongs to a family, and that family belongs to a community. Together, these heroes of mercy and friends like you bring hope and healing to those who desperately need it. Thank you! Thank you! To learn more about Heroes of Mercy, go to mercyships.org today. Welcome back. Andrew, what are the patterns do you think that would be useful for people who perhaps have never thought about this before to have an understanding of, to help them um, engage with those patterns in a different way and so enhance the quality of their present and their future? Well, that's that's a, a very uh, tough question because there's so many ways I can answer that. Um, so I think, you know, we, we touched, uh, no, we well, we more than touched on the seven-year pattern and understanding where you are within that. Um, I'm just going to go back to a couple of geopolitical patterns, because the idea is that if you understand how these come up, you can be prepared for what's going on around you. And uh, one of the things that we wrote about in the book Zero Hour was this 82 to 84 year cycle of change and disruption. And uh, if we were to take um, uh, basically uh, this came out in 2016 and uh, where I was expecting huge change um, in the world uh, and, and we saw the arrival of Donald Trump, uh, we saw Brexit, we saw disruption, we saw a move away from globalization to polarization. And if you were headed back one more cycle, 82 to 84 years back from there, that took us to the rise of Hitler that we already mentioned, 
back from there, Karl Marx uh, revolution across Europe in 1848, and back from there um, all the way through to uh, uh, the uh, the uh, you know the Stamp Act, which triggered the um, uh, American War of Independence. And if you took those three together and doubled them up, it took us all the way back to 1517 to Martin Luther nailing his 95 the- theses on the church door in Wittenberg and starting the Protestant Reformation. So the idea was from 2016 onwards uh, is that we're in a, a, a cultural revolution, a political revolution, a financial revolution with market cycles, which we haven't really talked about here. So all this is coming in. So what do we do? So th- what we know is that if we understand the backdrop, the only thing we are in charge of is ourselves. Okay, absolutely. So it's actually pretty exciting to be living in this modern day revolution if you understand it and, and not if you're reacting to it. So I think, again, we talked about this idea of the, the seven year rich. There's actually a 10 year overlay. If you look back and see what happened to you, you know, depending on your age, obviously, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, et cetera. If you do a little timeline, it's fascinating how you'll see events repeat as well. So I think the idea is, I mean, you will see those things occur. And that's what you have to not face, but that's your that's your that's your um, GPS. Let's say that's your GPS. You know, that's your sat nav. So I think we say GPS in America, sat nav here over in England. Um, So, you know, that's your system there. But awareness of the big picture means there is less that is going to uh, unsettle you. I think that's really it. And if there's less that unsettles you, then you know that there is only so much you can control. And don't try to control that that you cannot control, because that's where the stresses lie. Okay, so, you know, ignore the stuff. And then, you know, and a lot of the noise comes from the media and the news and the, the stories that are running right now. And, you know, there's all sorts. And of course, the media's job is to sell advertising and they to get you to sell to get sell the advertising. And they've got to have something sensational to get you in through the door in the first place. So it's all about, you know, in markets, we talk about hope, fear and greed. You know, in the media, we're really talking about hope and well, the same things, hope and fear, less about greed, but actually greed comes into it. And those are the essence, you know, the the main emotions that drive humans. So if you understand, well, am I coming to this point through hope? Am I coming to it through fear? Am I coming to it through greed? You know, and actually, how many of these are you directly connected to? How can you uh, control those? So none of those are a factor are upsetting you or motivating you, you know, in terms of greed, etc. It's all about being very much in control of your own life. And I'm just going to give you an analogy that uh, uh, this idea of, you know, most of you will have seen a James Bond movie. And um, when times are slightly tough, you know, you might think, am I going to get through this? But if you think of yourself as the character, uh, male or female version or whatever version you want of James Bond, what is for certain is at the end of the movie, you know that James Bond might have had a few knocks and a few close shaves, but he will still be there. And, you know, he also gets the girl if, if you if you want that as well. <laughs> so the idea is that if you have that clear direction about yourself, you know that you are going to be safe at the end of this part of the movie or the next part of the movie, etc. So I think this idea of an understanding of cycles gives you the ability to look through the haze that's created by all the noise, the media, et cetera, apart from this show, of course. And <laughs> the idea it gives you clear vision 
to stay focused on what you want as your end goal. And that's it. What it's whatever it is you want for yourself, you know, and, and it's just happiness and abundance is really what most people want, you know, and that's it. Happiness, joy, abundance, and love. That's uh, I think those are clear, clear values that people really want. You know, they might say they want 10 million in the bank, 100 million in the bank, etc. But ultimately, that that once they get that, it's not really what they did want. I think that recognizing that you are responsible for yourself and no one else, unless you're talking about very small children, um, is so important. And you know, people feel overwhelmed by what they hear on the news. But ultimately, you can make a difference to your, the, own, the quality of your own life and to that of those around you. And we're almost at the end of the show. Um, where can people find you? Well, um, they can uh, go to our if they're interested in the market and geopolitical forecasting side of our work, go to uh, markettimingreport.com and uh, uh, for other contacts and other bits and pieces, andrewpancholi.com. Thank you very much for joining me, Andy. Andrew, well, he was Andy in the past. He's Andrew. Both. He's grown up. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Gina. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's been great to have you. Um Love to hear from you. Um, my email is Gina, G-I-N-A, at Gina Gardner and Friends. Um, love to hear from you, hear your story, how you're doing, um, and to know um, if there are any particular themes you'd like me to cover in the show. So thanks so much. Take care. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.